Welcome to the Millennial Falcon, a pop culture podcast from three geeky millennials. I'm Anya Crittenden, a writer at Gay Star News, and I am joined by my co-hosts. I'm Hwai Chen Bu, a writer for Slash Film and a pop culture journalist in New York. And I'm Willoughby Dobbs, a filmmaker in the D.C. area. All right, guys. Well, this is a topic that has been... 13 years coming now. Uh, this is a uh, we're talking today about a little video game franchise. Um, you might have heard of it called Kingdom Hearts. And uh, this is a game that is very close to all of us. I might have mentioned it a couple times. I don't know. Maybe yeah, I would maybe, have like raved and gone. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 was uh, just released this past week, this Tuesday. I think, yes, this past Tuesday, um, and it's been a long wait for Kingdom Hearts 3 between the second one and the third one. It's been about 13 years, actually. But in between then, there have been other games on other consoles that are not spinoff games, actually. They have all been very (laughs) necessary to the plot, despite um, not really being called Kingdom Hearts numbered titles. There's one called Kingdom Hearts Final Chapter Prologue. It's all very confusing. The titling in this series is as confusing as its plot. Oh my god, yeah. Over two days? What sort of fraction is that? (laughs) So what we're going to do today is talk about the Kingdom Hearts franchise, what it means to us, because we all kind of grew up uh, playing these video games, um, and uh, also what our first impressions are of Kingdom Hearts 3. And uh, so... I'm going to give a, fir- a really brief rundown of the Kingdom Hearts franchise. <laughs> I'm not going to go into all Try the details of it. Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> but if you guys do want to know about the plot intricacies of this series, please check out my article on SlashFilm.com. I wrote it's an explainer fun. for Kingdom Hearts and um, just trying to get a little bit into the plot of it. But And it has the exact needed like tongue-in-cheek humor that you need to try and understand this plot. So like, go read HT's article because it is fantastic thank you i try to make it a little funny a little loosey goosey it works <laughs> all right so more like a little loosey goofy <laughs> so kingdom hearts is a J- uh, rpg uh hack and slash video game franchise developed by square enix uh specifically de- developed by tetsuya nomura that is a crossover franchise between uh disney and final fantasy series but it has kind of become its own beast in the past, you know, 13 years. What started off as a very simple adventure game in which you play as the main protagonist, Sora, who uh, lives on this really idyllic island and his world gets swallowed by darkness. So he must travel between all these worlds, which are coincidentally Disney worlds, to save the worlds from darkness and uh, rescue his friends and the princesses. So it's a very simple first game. It has changed completely in the past years but that's all you really need to know about it is that it's a game in which you play as Sora who is this very friendly very cheery guy and um he teams up with Donald and Goofy to travel between Disney worlds and save those worlds from monsters called the Heartless and that's basically the gist that's all you really need to know about this game but <laughs> Maybe we'll mention more more plot stuff later, but uh, I'm sure we will. Yeah, the game was the first game was released in 2002, so this is a 17 year franchise now, and it spans about nine games in total, uh, the all including the uh, off console games. I'll call them. I don't like them being called spin off games because they all are necessary to the plot. They're not spin offs. They're they're part of the main storyline. They are so part of the main storyline. Yeah. 
So um, let's first talk about uh, Kingdom Hearts and what it means to us. Like, uh, I want to ask you first, Anya, uh, how did you first uh, encounter Kingdom Hearts and uh, what has it meant to you uh, in the years since it first was released? Well, like UHT, um, I got my PS4 just last year for the sole reason that Kingdom Hearts 3 is coming out. So I think that should tell you that I, I love Kingdom Hearts. Um, my PS4 has now gotten a lot more use. I actually have like five or six games on it already and I'm like loving it. So it's great. But I first bought it because I was like, Kingdom Hearts 3 is finally coming. Yes. I can't miss this. Um, so I've been a gamer my whole life. Um, you know, I started primarily with the N64 and the Legend of Zelda games, Ocarina of Time, um, and I've always been into RPGs and kind of the immersive uh, world building sort of video game. So started with like uh, Zelda when I got my PS2. I started playing the Final Fantasy games more. Um, you know, 8 and 10 were probably my favorites. Um, and I think I mean 8. I sometimes I get the Final Fantasies confused. Eight is there, the so. one with Leon. Squall. Then yes, eight. yes, yes. Eight and ten were my favorites, um, and so I sort of came at Kingdom Hearts when it was first announced, both as a video game fan and a Disney fan. And I heard about this, I saw the trailer, and I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I was like, it's this your is, dream. I was like, "This is everything I've ever wanted in a game," um, and I got Kingdom Hearts and. It was that, like, obsessive, like, on the weekends, like, stay up till 3 o'clock in the morning yes. playing it every weekend until I beat it. Same thing with Kingdom Hearts 2. Um, and so I've loved this from day one. And I genuinely loved the game. It wasn't just like a, oh, I love Disney and I'm going to get it and it's going to be great. Like, I actually fell in love with the game and the story and the characters. I mean, I adore Sora. Like, Sora is my little banana shoes wearing good-hearted hero and I love him with my whole heart he's the very kind of hero character that you would love specifically because, oh my god yeah you know in any other character it feels like you if he all this importance put on upon him would be like too overblown but really he is that kind of person who's just so open-hearted and so easy to like make friends with like you can see why he has become like this all-important character because he's just yes. like he's just so good and so cheery yeah. and you really want and him to win you really see it again in kingdom hearts 3 like kingdom mm -hmm. hearts 3 more than the of the past two and we'll get to this more i'm sure but like it has way more like cutscenes and story mm -hmm. like it is really diving into that headfirst in the way that past games haven't and so you can really see like Sora as that pure hero mm -hmm. and how wonderful he is um my other favorite character in the game is the exact opposite because it's it, so I have my two kinds of tropes I have my good <laughs> hero and then I have my like stoic morally gray character and so like Saix is of course he's my Saix. favorite organization member he's my other favorite character and then like when I realized he was friends with Axel and, like, he wasn't always evil. I was just like, ugh. <laughs> so, anyway, rambling over. <laughs> I love this game. I love the story. I love the characters. Um, I never played anything beyond 1, 2, and Chain of Memories because I didn't have the game devices that the other games came out on. And it wasn't worth it to me to buy those for a single game. Unlike the PS4, which 
gets a lot of use out of it in general. <laughs> um, so, like, I never played Birth by Sleep or 358 by 2, and I would watch cutscenes on YouTube, but I kind of, the game, the franchise sort of got away from me mm-hmm. as it started to grow, and I couldn't keep up with it. Yeah. Um, fortunately, the bundle they released on PS4 has all of those games, and I one day do plan to go back and play all of them. Yes. Um, long-winded way of saying I love Kingdom Hearts. I've loved it since day one. It's great. <laughs> All right. Um, I want to talk about my experience. Yes, please. Uh, I'm such a huge fan of this franchise. So my uh, beginnings with Kingdom Hearts is a little bit different than yours because I was never really a gamer per se. I've played like, you yeah. know, some party games and stuff like Mario Tennis and everything on N64, but I never really played a lot of um, RPG games until Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts was the first game that I fell fully in love okay. with and this is actually a game that my mom bought me after we had seen the commercials for it and she was like oh you love disney right and i was like yes this is this <laughs> seems like the kind of game that i love is this even a question <laughs> i was like disney anime looking characters i'm totally in and so exactly. i started playing it and i just like fell fully in love with this story and this um this uh these characters and of course the opening theme which was by utada ikaro that also began a lifelong love with utada ikaro you know i'm i think you've heard how i'm a huge mega fan of of her and that started with the kingdom hearts game like i have all her albums she's probably my favorite artist of all time and uh it started with that so uh, this is a game that has been hugely influential on my life and um i just love that like really simple hero's journey of the first one because it's about this character who's just thrust into um being a hero and he doesn't really want to do that he just wants to save his friends and he ends up you know becoming that perfect hero and um you know saving the world just because he's a good person and uh i it it gets like some really dark moments too like even though this is a disney game technically um it's developed by square enix uh it got quite dark and melancholy like even like the end of the first kingdom hearts is a sad ending he saves the world but he's separated from his friends forever seemingly and you're like wow like at 12 years old when you play that you don't you're not used to those kind of emotions like that really hit me hard when i first played it it's it's massive dude even the (laughs) slight spoiler alert but the toy story world in kingdom hearts 3 i was like why is this getting so philosophical and (laughs) like deep and I was like I was not prepared for this. Yeah I think that is what really was like the crux of Kingdom Hearts for me is that it could have been just a really fun hack and slash video game with Disney characters but it hits you hard emotionally in an unexpected way and that's what really draws you in like I I love that tragedy I love that like you know in the first game Sora sacrifices himself for his friends and you're like this is dark and um so it's, so this is why you love roxas most right yeah you i was about to say my favorite character is roxas i love my boys with a little bit of light trauma <laughs> <laughs> just, just a little bit a little light tiny. yes um <laughs> so kingdom hearts was something that yeah like you said i became fully obsessed with it that's how i actually got into the final fantasy games because i saw these characters oh, okay. in kingdom hearts and i started playing like final fantasy 10 and 10 2 and I think those were the extent of the Final Fantasy games that I played because um, I really like those those characters. Um, but, um, you know, as the years go on, of course, in Kingdom Hearts, the Final Fantasy characters kind of start disappearing. Like, I don't think they've appeared at all in Kingdom Hearts 3, which is hilarious none, to me. I don't think any – none of the characters are in Kingdom Hearts 3. There are, like, some 
Final Fantasy like symbols and, and like minor things, but yeah. not, like Leon and everyone, they're not in it. Yeah, and it's it's both funny and um really endearing to me how this series has just kind of expanded and become its own thing with so many rich and uh, compelling original characters, and that's what has really kept me going with this franchise. So I played Kingdom Hearts one. Two, I never finished Chain of Memories because I actually didn't have it. I didn't have the Game Boy, I think, at the time when Chain of Memories came out. And by the time um, Kingdom Hearts 2 came, I was like, oh, I know everything already, so I don't need to play it. But I did play um, 358 over two days because, again, it stars my favorite character, Roxas. And I had the Nintendo DS um, by the time it came around. So that was a game that really hit me hard. And um, I have... I think through college even, I was watching sort of uh, those Let's Plays and walkthroughs for Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep, which is a really essential one to Kingdom Hearts 3. And so I kind of maintained that love for this franchise even through college. And um, I was a frequent lurker on Kingdom Hearts forums. KH Insider <laughs> specifically was one that I was yeah, you frequently were. on. Yeah, I, I checked it out again recently after playing Kingdom Hearts 3 because I hadn't really looked at it since... Um, I think Birth by Sleep came out and I was like coming home, you know, for me, like Kingdom Hearts 3 is kind of like coming home. It's just um, a reminder of that time when I was young and was able to play till 3 a.m. and not have worries or like not have responsibilities in the morning. Now I do that and I do have responsibilities, but it just reminds me of that more simple time and like that combined nostalgia of both Disney and of playing that game as a middle schooler and uh and elementary schooler so it was just it's just um i don't know if there's a As someone else who um works from home or your job is remote and flexible um working from home i found that like i can watch tv and movies occasionally and like write articles and it's fine mm-hmm. but like ever since i've started to get seriously back into gaming working from home has become so much harder it is right because like I can't, I can watch a movie and write at the same time. I can't game and write at the same time. Mm-hmm. And my PS4 is just like there waiting for me. It's calling you. It is. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm we'll get into Kingdom Hearts 3 later, but that's the uh, influence of this game on me. I absolutely adore it. And uh, I'm so happy that it's back and that I can dive into this world fully again. Um, and with that, I want to ask Willoughby about his experience with the Kingdom Hearts series. I know it's a little bit less than yours, but I, I think that you still have your ties to it as well. What do you think, Will? What do you... Tell us about that, Willoughby. Um, so I've only played 99% of the first game. Uh, that's it. <laughs> uh, um, HT can attest to that because I was using her PlayStation 2. And over one summer, we, we were just like, I don't know, let's play Kingdom Hearts. But like, I never defeated... Um, the Riku. big bad of uh no i, I defeated oh, riku right. and i got through the second ba- bad guy i didn't get to uh, i didn't defeat ansem mm-hmm. like that was it okay. um so like i was able i but it took five ever to defeat riku i remember that we watched the cutscene oh, oh six thousand like, times that yep. was the hardest fight of any kingdom hearts game because kingdom yeah. hearts 2 gets exponentially easier but like kingdom hearts 1 is a hard game like, especially it's that very easy hard. fight. Um, and so, but before I played that game, which was in 2013, so it was like already almost six years ago. Um, before that, I 
didn't have a PlayStation uh, handy. So I knew of Kingdom Hearts through my friends. So like I would watch my one of my best friends play Kingdom Hearts on his PlayStation 2 back in 2002, 2003, whenever the the game was the hot seller on all the all the top 100 video games and stuff like that. So like that was my I like basically like know of King, Kingdom Hearts through osmosis of having friends. Um <laughs> like I mean which is also the theme of the movie or the video game, like, the right. Kingdom Hearts are really the friends we made along the way. Um, it, truly. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I know I know my fair share of Disney, so, like, when they go into the Disney worlds, so I'm like, oh, this is a fun little, like, reversal or whatever, like, how they're, like, switching it up, because, like, I'm watching, my girlfriend was playing Kingdom Hearts 1 kind of, like, in preparation to play Kingdom Hearts 3 to sort of, like, get back in the habit of, like, this game style. Because, like, the game style really hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. Just the graphics have. Um, But Kingdom Hearts 1, when they go to Hercules, it's very much not Hercules. It's very much like you're... Like, it's not the movie. You're not going into into a specific scene from the movie Hercules. Like, Mm -hmm. and, like, when you go to Tarzan World, like, you're not really sure where in the timeline of the movie this is taking place because like the graph they can't do so much graphic cinematics that they sort of just have to like do their own version of these movies but in spoiler alert for kingdom hearts 3 like you walk into tangled world and you're walk you're watching like there's a significant amount of time where you're just watching the movie tangled mm-hmm. where yeah, like they recreate the movie tangled yeah and you're you're sort of wondering like when the heartless are going to show up or like when something else is like when they're going to like flip the script and Sora and his two his his uh his good friends show up and it takes a while like they do the whole like pan interrogation scene in Tangled where like he's wrapped up by her hair and like I've watched Tangled enough times to like spot the differences and it's like they're doing a really good job but also it's a little bit different like yeah. it's a little off I think it's because there's no yeah. music yeah. well it's like um, in the in Olympus in Kingdom Hearts 3 they finally get to the Hercules like movie story yeah. Line, yeah. which is weird because like in Kingdom Hearts 2 he's already with Meg and like a hero it's, it's unclear yeah. so like so like when you can't they really take this game as like Disney canon. Yeah. Yeah, you really can't. But like it's you know it, I mean Mickey is somehow king of some sort of world. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a whole lot going on there. Uh, I like to think of it as like a sequel to the Three Musketeers, in which somehow Mickey oh, has gone from being a warrior throne? like the. Or no, it's a Prince and the Popper. It's a. Oh. Um, they did that too. Oh yeah yeah yeah. It's like so, like I don't know. They're Mickey's royalty. Uh, it makes sense. Yeah. Um. <laughs> And uh, so, okay, so like Kingdom Hearts as a series, I've always been sort of adjacent to it just because I I didn't have PlayStations, you know, of various consoles until now when I'm living living with my girlfriend who has all of them. Um, So like I can play the games whenever I want now, but I just haven't had the time to, especially because she also bought the bundle that Anya referenced. Mm -hmm. So like I do have the ability to go play the games that, I could have played Chain of Memories and, what is it, 358 over 2? Yeah. So the other one that was on a DS? Yeah, that was on um, DS. But So I could have played the quote-unquote not spinoffs that were on, like, the handheld games because I had a PSP, um, a, a Game Boy Advance, and a Nintendo DS, but I wasn't savvy enough to, like, look up, like, the YouTube videos or, like, I guess, I mean, yeah, it would have been YouTube or, like, 
whatever the predecessor of YouTube to like understand the, the story that I was playing. Cause like I would have been playing all the games that are not part of the main storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Birth by well Sleep, they are. Yeah. They are part of the main well, storyline. Birth every, by Sleep was a prequel. Every game is the main storyline. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. But yeah. like, I, I, but not every game has like, Sora. I guess. Like if the... you think about it in terms of like the star Wars movies, there's like the saga, the main okay, saga. So there's like games. So the the one the ones I'm watching are a, a Star Wars story. The ones I would have been playing were a Kingdom Hearts story. Yeah, exactly. It would have been Roxas, a Kingdom Hearts story. Yeah, exactly. That's so now do it. you? So, so you had a different relationship to the games than HT and I have. Do you plan or want to play them yourself now that you have the ability? Like, are, do you have an interest in this as a franchise oh, and do. as someone who could play it? I do. I find it very fascinating. Like, I kind of love world building as a concept. So, like, the fact that this whole thing is this weird, like, amalgamation of Final Fantasy and Disney. Like, the two obviously most logical crossover (laughs) events of the world. I mean, back in 1963 when they were making Mary Poppins, you're like, hey, hell yeah, let's get some anime up in here. Um, (laughs) Oh, absolutely. It's really just, like, Disney anime-fied, you know? Exactly. Um, So... I do have an interest of going back and playing these games, maybe finally defeating Ansem um, after playing it for, I haven't not played it for six years. Maybe I can finally get that Um, because I just, I, I've watched like I, because I have no horse in this race, Mm -hmm. I watched a timeline video to like kind of prepare myself for when my girlfriend plays Kingdom Hearts three. And I don't want to be completely lost, which she also, we watched the same video on separate occasions, like just because no, it was like one of the most popular Kingdom Hearts ones, I guess, on like the recommended mm-hmm. in on YouTube where you're just typing Kingdom Hearts timeline explained. <laughs> um, and so like I have a kind of a basis for what is going on with this, with this whole universe. So I do have like it does pique my interest. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of inter- this is very interesting. The whole like light versus dark. That's mm-hmm. sort of totally my shit. So I'm very interested in going back and playing these games finally um i'm curious will it be um for as a person from like the outside looking in like what's your impression of like the kingdom hearts franchise like what would you say your first impression was the gameplay is very fun i love hack and slash it's mm-hmm. very cool to like you know a group of enemies and you just like, sort of like one shot them all when, once you're powerful enough mm-hmm. that's always very fun um and yeah, way better than Final Fantasy's like turn. Yeah, system. the turn-based system. I hate the turn system. Yeah. It's, it's an RPG to like, and it's an RPG in name only because like there is you sort of just keep hacking and slashing, and you can like equip potions and you could do shortcuts, but like you don't wait for Ansem to take a turn and then you do it and then and then and then you. Yeah, like, that's what I mean. Like so the but turn Donald system. If you're gonna do like, you can let them do what you're what they're gonna what they're gonna do. Mm. Um even though they're not going to do apparent... Hey, Donald... in Kingdom Hearts 3 so far, Donald has been way better. I'm so he, impressed. He has that been Don holding has up like... his, his end of the bargain. I've been bargain. in fights where... They were like, we're only going to make Kingdom Hearts 3, Donald, if you heal people. And he's like, what? Sure. <laughs> um, I can't do a Donald. I can do a Goofy, and this is the perfect time. Gorsh. <laughs> perfect. I can, do, I can do Mickey. I can do Mickey pretty well. Mickey oh. is the one character in this... Well... Donald and Goofy too, but like Mickey's storyline is wrapped up mostly with Riku's, who yeah. is the best friend of Sora and the character who has the whole like, is he gonna go dark? Is he gonna stay light? He has like yeah. that. Yeah, he has that storyline. And the one thing about this 
franchise that I can never take seriously. Then, like, Riku and Mickey are having, like, a serious conversation about, like, the dark <laughs> and Ansem. And then suddenly Mickey's like, okay. Like, in her, like high-pitched voice. And I'm just like... Wait. Like what? What happened? Yeah, it's it works with Sora because he's always he's kind of a lighthearted character as it is, and he's just like I don't know what's going on. But with Riku, he's he's so dark and he's so serious and angsty, and it does not really work with Mickey there. <laughs> we have to reach the seventh layer of hell. Ha ha! <laughs> I mean, honestly, <laughs> that's actually like a conversation they have. Yeah, like, that's the thing, it is, like, I never, Mickey isn't really in Kingdom Hearts 1, so I have no interaction with Mickey as a character in this game, so when he shows up in Kingdom Hearts 3, pretty early on, with Riku, and they're just talking about, like, light versus dark, and, like, they're in this, like, sort of netherworld, and you're, and you're just sort of, like, you're watching Mickey Mouse, (laughs) the how, the, the, the head waiter at the House of Mouse himself, the Mater D., the like he is he has starred in his own series of films for the past almost 90 years now he is like you know the face of of a company the who and was voiced by the head of the company for quite a while mickey mouse mickey mouse mickey mouse <laughs> is talking about like the most insane like video game final fantasy type language and you're just like you're hearing it out of a out of the voice actor of mickey like the tr- regular voice actor and he sounds like this he's just talking <laughs> like this the entire time and you're like we have to we have to find aqua in the in the realm of darkness and you're just like i can't take this seriously even though it's an incredibly serious scene like <laughs> That's my. That's where I'm coming at it. Is like the, the Goofy will be talking about like you have to talk about friendship, Sora, Gorsh, and then Donald's almost unintelligible, and you're just like, <laughs> yeah. what is going on here? Yeah, the emotional beats of the franchise definitely land more when it's between characters like Sora and Riku and Kyrie, mm-hmm. um, even Axel now, um, especially Roxas. Roxas? Like the because they're the ones who I mean Mickey and friends are not being, like, changed in mm-hmm. this franchise. They are not the ones learning and growing. Yeah. Um, right. and you're, not so, like, a, you're, you're not gonna get a goofy spinoff in which he's basically playing the movie Logan. <laughs> like, yeah. he's gonna be goofy. Yeah, so so it's definitely, like, you know, it's, it's the, the original characters um, that really drive this story. And that leads me into... So we talked about how much the franchise means to us and, like, our relationship and our history with it. So I think we should now talk about it for the second half of this episode about the story and also just the gameplay and how it operates as a video game and what we both like and don't like about it, a.k.a. the gummy ship. I hate the gummy ship. I hate the gummy ship. I hate it so much. Oh, before we want to dive into that, though, I want to say one fun fact is that this game was actually envisioned as a more lighthearted game. And with Mickey as the protagonist. So Tetsu, uh-huh. yeah, Tetsu Nomura actually wanted Mickey to be the main character in Place of Sora. And um, he was going to have Mickey with Donald and Goofy, you know, traveling across worlds. And um, Disney didn't want that because they didn't want their mascot good. to be like the good. main character. Yeah. And they actually suggested that was, Donald. That's, that's a good decision on Disney. Yeah. I get it as a branding, but it's also like... They also saved us, yeah, because that would have been a much that would have been a bad game. Yeah, but that's exactly that's why um, Sora's outfit, especially from the first film, is so similar to Mickey 
Mickey the, Mouse because he has like a giant red, yellow, yeah, the the red, yellow, the giant yellow shoes, and his shoes, gloves yeah. too. It's very much like in the vein of Mickey Mouse, and that's kind of why he's just he's just cosplaying as anime Mickey. Yeah, he's exactly. anime Mickey. That's very true. Exactly. That's Sora. Let's dive into um, the story and the gameplay and uh, characters and all yeah. of that. And the story, which has a reputation for being unnecessarily complicated, yes. which I think, I think it's both fair and. Un- I think the main story of Kingdom Hearts is actually fairly simple because yes. it's very much just like a hero's journey, light and dark. Like it's a story we've seen countless times again. Mm-hmm. You have, you know, you have your big bad Xehanort and he wants to bring about like Kingdom Hearts and a Keyblade War and like uh, chaos and balance between light and dark, all this, all these shenanigans. Mm-hmm. You have your big bad, and you have the good guys trying to stop him. Yep. And so, like, the basic storyline of that, and you have, like, people have tried to top, stop him in the past. You have Aqua Terra Ventus, you know, and they failed, well, thwarted him, but didn't ultimately stop him. Now you have, like, Sora, Riku, Kairi. That all is fairly simple. It's all the time travel, and cloning, clones. Hearts going into other people's bodies without explanation. It's all of that, those, like, details that make the story needlessly complicated. Yes. Yeah. I mean, as much crap as I give this story, like, uh, I actually really enjoy this story. And kind of try to discover, like, what exactly is happening. Like, I love fan theories and theorizing on forums. Like, it's one of the reasons why I was so invested in Kingdom Hearts for such a long time because everything you learn, there's always another question. It's kind of, you know, like, kind of Lost-esque in the way that you can always learn a little it bit is. more about this de- the world and the details. And yes, it got very needlessly complicated in an extremely anime way, but it's something that I was very also anime. used to because I've seen so many anime, like, series that do something like this. So I was something, it, it was something that, like, I play for the story, and I'm one of those few people who are, like, kind of accept the story as it is, but mm-hmm. it makes I'm explaining a, the game to people outside of it much harder, and that's where you, you're a little bit of your kind of <laughs> apologetic tones come in. I'm like, I'm sorry, this is needlessly complicated, but really, it's a great story about, you know, the hero's journey, and about friendship, and light and dark, like you said, and um, the characters really help drive that story too like I think it's because I'm so invested in the main in the original characters and how rich and complex and tragic they are is why I'm willing to kind of forgive some of the shortcomings of just like the convolutions yeah I think it go ahead oh oh okay um like the convolutions I feel like come from the fact that I feel like they've released so many games that are that have weird titles that are not about Sora and some of them are Mm -hmm. some of them are about his like weird like other half or whatever and like there's this weird like i don't know i feel like stereotype or myth about it where because they have they've released all these like little games that you have to play in order to follow the like kingdom hearts one and kingdom hearts two and now there's kingdom hearts three but all in between that they've released all these other games that fill you in on the backstory and fill you in on like what you need to know to play kingdom hearts three that i feel like that's where this like whole like um joke about the kingdom hearts being so complicated that not even the people who play kingdom hearts can understand it that they've released all these games and you just sort of have to fit them into like 
playing it to understand it or like to watch like uh, watch all these YouTube videos like the week leading up to Kingdom Hearts 3 every day on YouTube was a new Kingdom Hearts explained video yeah. and I think I think on like a on the semi-serious note I think that's actually is one of the genuine failings of this franchise I I love this franchise and I mostly have nothing but good things to say about it however I do think there is a failing in creating all these different games, releasing them on different consoles, because it makes them inherently inaccessible Mm -hmm. to people. Um, And the fact that you can't just play one, two, and three and get everything, like three is so heavily involved in Birth by Sleep and 358 by two. And um, Dream Drop Drop Distance as well. And Dream Drop Distance, yeah. And they're so involved. So like, if you haven't played this, you have no idea who Aqua is or who Terra is or why he's suddenly Xehanort. And, you know, Birth by Sleep is kind of, I think, where the complications really started because you had the Ventus-Venitas split and then Ventus's heart going into Sora's for like no reason. Yeah. And half half the time with this, this story in this game, I think you have to... Some things I think are worth investigating and explaining, whereas other things like Ventus's heart and Sora, you kind of just have to accept because there's not really a sound explanation for it. Yeah. Um, but I do think it was a mistake of them, genuinely, to have done it this way because they they are the they themselves made it complicated for fans. Yeah. I and think they could have avoided it. There was there was a way to have this game with the same plot line. Um, be more accessible to people by, you know, having all these off-console games be named by numbers instead of doing, like, all these various random titles and confusing people the order. Instead of having it be Chain of Memories, be like, that's Kingdom Hearts 2. Then Kingdom Hearts 2 is Kingdom Hearts 3. Birth by Sleep can have its own title because it's a prequel series, but then all the other ones that are actually in the Sora saga um, should have been numbered and should have all been on, yeah. like, the PS2 or on, like, the same consoles or something. Yeah, and I don't know, like, how, you know, releasing games on consoles, like, works. I'm sure there was a reason that, like, was it Birth by Sleep that was on the PSP? Yeah, no, that was really it annoying. Was... It was on the PSP, yeah. Yeah, and it's, like, I know that Sony was trying to make the PSP happen, mm-hmm. and, like, it clearly did not happen. Um, it I happened for me. It happened... I bought a lot of movies on the Okay. Um, like Planet of the Apes. For, it, happened for, it happened for Willoughby, folks, and he and is, only Willoughby. He is I played six hours of Star Wars Battlefront waiting at the airport. Um, so, like, I get that they're like, we have our new console, like, and this is one of our biggest franchises. Like, let's release a game on this console. And had the Kingdom Hearts franchise made actual spin-off games that were not so deeply connected to the main storyline, mm-hmm. that would have been okay for a PSP or a DS. Whereas the main game should have all stayed on, like, the same main console. Yeah. Um, or at least, like, the future, like, a PS3 or a PS4, like, the future generations of the main console. And, again, maybe that wasn't possible for Sony. I don't know how this works. I'm not in video game development and publication. But I will say I don't think it's entirely fans' fault for not understanding the story. Oh, yeah, I think they not. definitely made missteps um, in telling the story. I think... It is possible to understand it. <laughs> I actually don't think that Birth by Sleep was that overly complicated, though, because um, I will say, because it's a prequel, you can kind of view it as like separ- so- somewhat separate. And though 
that prequel story is pretty simple. It's just like Aqua, Terra, and and Ventus, you know, going off on their well, adventures. I feel like the main storyline yeah. is really simple, but, but then the way once that's you connected meet, like, to once you meet Kid Sora, yeah, and like Ventus has to go into his deep sleep, and his heart is with Sora's. I feel like the main storyline of the trio trying to defeat Xehanort is very simple. Yes, but then at the end, when they all go their separate ways for different reasons and different things happen that's when it start. that's when the complication set in and yes. then 358 by 2 added to it by the whole introduction of Shion with the organization trying to create another Sora yeah it's very confusing it is <laughs> but yes and I agree with that but I will say I, I, I'm like making so many excuses for this game um I will say that Sora does kind too. of make sense because it's like it's part of his character that he's just so open and accepting of people no yeah and uh I like that he is the reason that like Ventus was able to survive because he's just like yeah stay in my heart and like now he has like five people just like cooped up in his heart <laughs> I know <it's> so <laughs> like thematically it works mm-hmm. and like you've said I love this story I'm not playing I know some people are playing just because they like it as a game and like the Disney worlds mm-hmm. and that's fun but I am also genuinely invested in Sora and friends as characters yeah. and like their journey so I am playing for the story no matter how much sometimes I just have to be like I'm just gonna go with it yeah sometimes <laughs> you have to step back and be like this makes no sense and Tetsuya Nomura is just kind of spinning his wheels but you know yeah. you're here for the, so, all the characters you know um, so you know I think you part of you have to go with it part of it is the company's fault it, it is what it is yeah Willoughby, will... as someone who only played the first game, but you said you've watched videos, what is your impression of the story? HT and I are heavily involved and invested. Um, We're probably too in the someone... weeds at this point. Oh, we are. <laughs> um, as someone who is less over, who's had a different history with it, what is your impression of the story? I thought Ansem was the bad guy, but it turned out that he's part of a bad guy that isn't named Ansem. <laughs> yes. And plus there's an Ansem that isn't bad, who is called Ansem the Wise. And Xehanort, or Xenohort, or whatever the fuck, is the <laughs> big, big bad guy who is also who is partly, like, Ansem. Like, Ansem is his heartless, who goes into Riku and transform. I There's and so much forget, going on. And he also can. has... Xehanort also has a nobody named Xemnas. Yes. And now there are And he takes Xanax to stress relief. Like, <laughs> there's so much that I don't and then really there's understand. A, and there's Terranort, and then there's young Xehanort. Who the fuck is Terranort? <laughs> Terranort is Terra, who has become manipulated and used as a vessel by Xehanort, a la Riku being used as a vessel by Ansem in the Just first of, game. He's possessed by Xehanort, essentially. He's possessed <laughs> by Xehanort. You know the meme of, uh, or not the meme, you know the scene in Spongebob where Squidward sits down when he goes into the future and he just starts going, future, <laughs> future. That's me right now with Kingdom Hearts where I'm just sort of like, I I understand that this is, this is great and I do want to, I am genuinely interested in it. It's just very complicated and like, uh, you know, I, these explainer videos only do so much before you need to like actually sit down and play the games to really understand like how the fact that there can be like 13 different versions of a bad guy throughout his time and space Just coming think together. Just think of him as Voldemort and he split his soul into like 13 pieces That's and it's within all these people. That's doing it. Yeah, yeah it it's is sort of thinking, like, oh, that. Heartlesses are sort of like these weird shells of bodies that are, you can, you know, put some horcruxes in them or whatever. So like there's, like I'm I'm sort of like doing the the millennial thing by comparing it to a different franchise i.e harry potter yeah um 
And so, like, I'm, like, getting it that way. But also, like, I honestly don't know who Nor- who Aqua is. And I'm sure she'll, she'll she'll come out of wherever, whatever darkness that she's in. And she'll save the day along with Sora and his good pals. But... Let me give you, I'm going to give you a quick primer. <laughs> because I, I understand this now. And I, like, I'm very proud of myself. And so I want to give you a quick primer. Yes. When Sora was a kid on Destiny Island, Willoughby. He's just a kid. He's living his life. Loving baby, his Bob. Three people, Ventus, Aqua, and Terra, were trained to become Keyblade Masters. Okay. Okay. I know what those there are. Were, there, were, there were two Keyblade Masters. There were Xehanort and Arrakis. And they were, Arrakis was training the three. And they're Xehanort. and Xehanort and and, and uh, Arrakis are fundamentally different. Think of them as like Professor X versus Magneto. Yes. Okay. Yes. So and they like, are the two. They are the are two they... playing chess in Kingdom Hearts three. No fucking way. That's a young Xehanort and a young Arrakis when they were both studying as Keyblade Masters together. Okay. Keep going. So so yeah. So they they are they are Professor X and and Magneto. Okay. So okay. Magneto. Xehanort eventually wins and kills Arrakis. Darn. Okay. So now Ventus, Terra, and Aqua want to stop Xehanort because he is the bad guy. He wants to bring about a Keyblade War. You know, he's he, he's the big bad. Sure, sure, sure. All you need to know about Aqua is that to save... Terra was the Riku character who was kind of like tempted by darkness. Right. And sort of like towing that line. To save him, Aqua plunged herself into darkness. And now she is lost there. And that's what Mickey and Riku were trying to do. Yeah. Yes. She's in the realm of darkness. Think of it as of like course, hell. It's, it's Yeah, hell. And it's extra tragic because her sacrifice didn't actually pay off because now Tara is being manipulated and used by Xehanort and he himself is a version of Xehanort now. So like her sacrifice didn't actually work. Mm-hmm. And now she's just in hell. And Ventus, the uh, the little one, he's the the youngest of the three. He's the one that looks like Roxas, yes. right? Well, Roxas looks like Ventus. Yes. That way, because okay. Ventus came first. Ven- well, okay, yeah. Ventus and, came first. And the reason that Roxas looks like Ventus is because Ventus um, was split into two by Xehanort. He was split into his light and his dark side. And when he- that happened, Ventus... Ventus's light side took refuge in the heart of Sora and um, he eventually gained strength and went back to his body and he fought his dark side which was named Vanitas and also Vanitas looks like Sora and actually Haley Joel Osment does a really good job of voicing Vanitas you can tell he's having a lot of fun playing a villain he he said in interviews before that Kingdom Hearts is one of his favorite jobs that's awesome right yeah uh, so, like, Roxas looks like Ventus because Roxas is Sora's nobody, and Sora has Ventus's heart in him. So, so like, that Roxas... sort of DNA sort of mixed so them there, up. Yeah, there's, so like, like, a there's lot a, of blended there's DNA like, heart. There's a narrative purpose as to why there's two characters that look exactly the same. Exactly. <laughs> yes. But and, they um, have different names. Yes. And after Ventus yes. and Vanitas fought, um, Ventus, like, basically, like, was almost killed. And he had to take refuge in... Sora's heart again and his body was like this empty shell that Aqua hid inside of a castle that only she can access so his body has been sleeping there for like 20 years while Aqua is the only one who can access him but she's stuck in the realm of darkness okay and that's the end of Birth by Sleep and they're all now where (laughs) 
Where does Mickey fall into all this? How is... Mickey just shows up Mickey every now and then. Is that's the the he's like part of like the Jedi Knights of this world? Yes. Are the Keyblade Masters are the Jedi Knights? Knights. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, yeah, they are. They are the Jedi Knights, and Mickey is a Keyblade Master. Oh, oh also, fun fact: um, Ericus is voiced by Mark Hamill. Okay, I gotta play these games. Yeah, you you really Lo- do. And also, one of my favorite voices. Yeah. Jason Doring is the voice of Terra. He plays Logan and Veronica Mars. And I just, every time he talks as Terra, I'm just like, I love you. <laughs> he, he's a little wooden in Birth by Sleep, though. He's kind of not doing a great job. I'm just saying. I, love Shh. I do love, like, I do want to talk about the casting in this game, though, because you have, like, Haley Josman and, like, Jesse McCartney. And Jesse Roxas. McCartney is so good he's as Roxas so good. and as Ventus. And you had, like, Mandy Moore, who played Aerith in the first two. And. I just, and like Sean Astin played Hercules in the first two. And I'm just like. Um, David Boreanaz was the Final Fantasy character in the first Kingdom yeah, he Hearts was, game. He was Leon. Leon. Yeah. He was in the first two, yeah. And um, for Kingdom Hearts 3, they brought a bunch of, you know, Disney voice acting legends in a way. But not Danny DeVito. Not still. Danny DeVito. But um, uh, James, Wood, James Wood, who we all hate, but we can separate when he is voicing Hades. Yes. And, and they, got, uh, they um, brought Zachary Levi back for but not Tangled. Mandy Moore. No, not Mandy Moore. The ironically, Irony. who I mean, was in the first two, but now is not right. in the third playing yeah. the character she plays in Disney. Yeah, and uh, they have Idina Menzel and uh, Kristen the Bell. The whole for, Frozen cast. Yeah, the whole Frozen cast. Josh Gad. Hey, um, they're probably in the studio voicing for Frozen too, and you're like, yeah, sure, we'll, we'll do this. Hey, let's think about this for a second, guys. Uh, Kingdom Hearts three was announced just six months before Frozen came out. So, and so they, and they last year announced that Frozen was going to be a world. Like, I know, like, behind the scenes, you know, they were probably working on that for a while when Frozen came out. So, like, that was, like, probably in development. But, like, the fact that they announced a, a, a sequel to Kingdom Hearts. And then also, like, there are Disney games that, Disney movies that are coming out after they re- announced the game that are in the game. Like, yeah. Wreck-It Ralph and all those like Big Hero Six, like those game, those movies that came out after the announcement are in this game, which goes to show you that Disney synergy is working. But also, like, honestly, it's just funny to think about the fact that this game took six years after announcement to come out, but and all these movies have come out that are also in this game. Honestly, playing Kingdom Hearts three and going into the Toy Story world made me excited for Toy Story four, just because it was Toy Story, the was Toy it, Story franchise. Was it Tom like, Hanks? No, no, I, I don't. It's not, not Tom Hanks or Tim Allen. Yeah, but Toy Story worked surprisingly well with like the Kingdom Hearts storyline. It did, and I was like, wow, it, it it it's actually one of my favorite worlds because like the way they put Sora into the world was really fun, and like how they made Rex fanboy over him because he looks like yes. a video game character that he was playing. It's very meta. It's very meta, and they're like, you look like a video game character. And he's like, I guess I'm a video game character. And the overlapping <laughs> themes of friendship in both the Toy Story franchise and Kingdom Hearts worked really it well. Works really well. Uh, the storytelling for the world. Mm-hmm. Um, Anya, I have a question for you. Oh, I haven't as, as the resident Disney Parks aficionado, what do you think about this fun little like power up that you can get where you get to play Disney Park rides? And so this is Christmas not Man? this is not the only Disney Parks element in Kingdom Hearts 3. Ooh. So that goes into the gameplay because I want to talk about the fact that Kingdom Hearts 3 it's essentially, it has a lot of the same gameplay elements as the first two. You know, your Keyblades, and it's hack and slack, and it's hack and 
slash, mm-hmm. and it's equipping items and, you know, magic and commands and blah, blah, blah. So it's all very much similar. But it's so much more immersive than the past two were. And mm-hmm. it also reminds me, um, having just played Spider-Man on the PS4, it, it reminds me the way I think Sony is now approaching these RPGs and making them immersive and giving you a lot to do. Mm-hmm. So similar to Spider-Man, where you have to take photos of landmarks, in Kingdom Hearts 3, you have to take photos of what are called lucky emblems. What these are, are really just hidden Mickeys, which yep. is an element of the Disney parks. Like, books have been published on where you can find hidden Mickeys in Disney parks. Oh, is that where they is... came from? I thought it was just a movie thing. I thought it was just a thing that they just do in the movies. I didn't know that. No, actually. no. Hidden Mickeys are all over the Disney parks. And when they first started coming about, like, years ago, it became, like, a really fun, like, scavenger hunt for people mm-hmm. going sure. to Disney parks to try and find Disney hidden Mickeys. And like I said, there are books on hidden Mickeys oh now. Oh, my They're not just, like, little... They're not just paintings. They're, like... they're formations that they can are, that be make the yeah nose. they can be so like there's one hidden mickey i'll give you an example there's a hidden mickey in the ride haunted mansion um haunted mansion um you know slow moving right through a haunted mansion there's one scene where it's like uh, a dinner and like a ballroom scene and ghosts are dancing and stuff on the dinner table three plates make up a mickey and that's a hidden oh, mickey that's fun because in in tangled world there's a rock formation that's a mm-hmm. hidden yeah there is exactly i got that one so it's yep so some some uh, some some key tips for you kingdom hearts three players out there like and subscribe hidden mickeys are also part of the game which are from the disney parks which i love i love the new attraction like attacks i think they're so fun as someone who loves the disney parks i love that the disney parks have come into the game because disney parks are kind of a subset of the disney phantom fandom unto itself Mm -hmm. um and so i think it's so much fun and also like i just love being a completionist like the Kingdom Hearts games have always let my the completionist in me like be overjoyed because like Jiminy's Journal where you have to like get everything to get the little Mickey that you've completed it and now you have to like find all the treasure chests and the hidden Mickeys and like complete everything and I'm just like yes I love just wandering worlds doing miscellaneous things like this yeah I never actually in the previous games I never did like the side quests like that before because I always just wanted to get God, forward with the story but oh, I'm really I, I, yeah. did you save all 101 Dalmatians yeah that was hard <laughs> yeah I did I never did that but I really like the lucky did. emblems like I think that's one of my favorite parts of Kingdom Hearts 3 just because it encourages you to like, explore the world more and like just see the rich textures and everything that I did with this world like they they definitely like stepped up their game with the um the detail i mean it just makes sense i mean kingdom hearts 2 came out in 2006 and this is 2019 games have evolved and it makes sense that this game would too and And you're just sort of you're sort of blown away by it and like the fact that they're introducing like a a gummy phone with a photo mode and it's just very fun (laughs) it's funny to me because when the first kingdom hearts came out smartphones didn't exist no neither did the barack obama presidency of kingdom hearts 3 yeah. And I mean, I, I really, so far I've been most blown away in terms of immersive world building by Corona, mm, which that, is the Tangled world. I love that world, yeah. <laughs> which it's, I feel like a lot of people are discovering that that's the kingdom name yeah. in this, in this Even world. Even though we, it has been known since it came out. Excuse me, we have known this information know. for eight years. I didn't know. I did. <laughs> Only Tangled, but, two Tangled fans know. <laughs> tangled, which is objectively I guess I'm a fake Tangled first. fan. Yeah. The better of the more recent Disney movies, a.k.a. Frozen. Uh, it is. Yeah, better than Frozen. You heard it here first. That mm-hmm. is an objective fact. Objective. Oh, um, we've talked about this before. This is very true. But, like, Corona is just... It, first off, it's beautiful. 
Like, as a world, it is just gorgeous. But it is, it's so fun to explore, and there are so many paths to explore. That one and Olympus. Mm-hmm. When you get to go to Olympus for the first time, like, actual Mount Olympus. Right. That was really fun. Oh, God. I was so frustrated by air stepping until I realized that I was making it overly complicated. Because That's, I thought you we, had to go Melissa by each stone. Same- my girlfriend had the same issue and she was going to text you because she saw your tweet that you you hate air stepping that like you just have to point and shoot basically and yeah, it yeah takes it's literally you just go to the top you just but go to where you want to be the game makes it think that you have to like manually do each step but really you don't yeah yeah another pro <laughs> tip for you kingdom hearts fans i out spent there. 20 minutes on that like thing before like and i i like was so frustrated that i shut off the game but then i looked it up afterwards i'm like wow i made it way harder than i was supposed to I feel like everyone did. It's yeah. okay. But it's yeah, true. I'm I'm really loving this world and I agree with you about Corona. It's just such a beautifully rendered world and also the it's just like the sweetest world too. Like when you go around with uh, Rapunzel and she's so excited and you just do like these little these little tasks like the bird thing or the um when you're the going bunnies. to the pond with her and the bunnies and then you splash the her and stuff. It was I'm like this is the cutest quest I've ever been on. <laughs> And it's not, like, not even a quest. Yeah. Like, the splashing doesn't do anything. No. It's literally just, like, a friendship moment between Sora exactly. and Rapunzel. And I'm, like, I am so here for this. Yeah. And, like, well, the bunnies, they lead you to a treasure chest, which is nice. Yes. But, yes. like, it's just so fun. And, like, I, I liked it better than when um, in the Little Mermaid world in the Kingdom Hearts 2, when you go on, like, kind of that silly, like, musical sequence. I'm, like, this is you a waste mean, of time. have a lot of finny fun. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like it has kind of the same gist, but for some reason I enjoyed Corona a lot better just because it was like, I guess more optional. You can just do whatever you wanted with it, you know, as opposed yeah. to like the musical sequences in in, uh, in Little Mermaid and Kingdom Hearts 2. Um, but I, I agree with you about the gameplay. It's just it's very smooth and like the way you get to do the attractions as sort of like a, a special ability is really fun. It does make the game like very easy. Like the first one... Yes was so difficult uh compared to two which made it like way too easy like you i think there's only one p- place where you can potentially die but everywhere else like it's just very easy to um kill off all the enemies and the bosses because of all those special abilities and kingdom hearts 3 there are even more special abilities that it's just like yeah you don't really need I to like yeah you can parkour I, I lose my he- i've been losing my health a lot on mm-hmm. kingdom hearts 3 like i get down to the annoying like blaring yeah your health is low i get down to that a lot because sora i mean i don't know if it's like part of the story that he's just weaker right now which yeah. is which is a fact mm-hmm. or if it's just the fact that like he takes hits uh take more health because he has all these abilities but like every time that happens like donald has been better about healing in this game yes and you have all the commands so it's like you lose your health pretty easily in Kingdom Hearts 3, but it's, I have died maybe, like, once. Yeah. And I've been through several worlds, and so, yeah. you know, it is. The only time I've died was, or, like, died, rather, was in the, um, in Toy Story World when I went, got sucked into the video game, and you don't that have, That was like, the only time I died, too! Yeah, because you don't have, like, all of your abilities equipped. You have to, like, play through the mechs. Yeah, but the easy one about that is that anytime you like your like robot dies in health, you just jump yeah. out and get I into a new I, robot. Yeah, I died because my robot died, but there wasn't any other robots near me, so I was like trying to make my way to another one, and I and just then like someone was just like yeah, bam. and the other mech just like killed me, and I was like uh. yeah, yeah. I, I will say the one thing about Kingdom Hearts three that has been, I as we've discussed, I love the story, 
the graphics in Game of Three are gorgeous. So, like, I love the cutscenes. Like, I love seeing the characters. Mm-hmm. But I will find that so far there have been almost a bit too many for me. Yeah. Because, like, I will, like, you know, it's a video game. Like, what the main thing you want to do is play. Mm-hmm. And there will be, like, four cutscenes in a row. Yeah. And I'm just, like... 15 minutes of the movie Tangled. Yep. Yeah. And I'm, like, <laughs> can I just, like, hack some Heartless now? Yeah. So I will say, like, this one is heavy on cutscenes, and I think it's almost a little too heavy. I agree with you on that. I think, especially at the beginning, where they kind of just drop you into the middle of the plot that, like, has conti- has um, picked up right after Dream Drop Distance. And you're just like, what's going on? And they try to explain it through the cutscenes. And I think the beginning is kind of the worst part of Kingdom Hearts 3 because it doesn't explain the plot at all, despite like dumping exposition on you. And it only really picks up for me once you hit the Toy Story world, really. Because yes, like agreed. everything else is just like, it's so like in t- deep into the plot. Like it doesn't really concern itself with trying to start it off easy for you. Like I, I miss like, for example... Um, in Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 where you start off in Paradise Island and then you start off in Twilight Town. I miss having that little, like, you know, intro world and kind of mm-hmm. just, like, easing yeah. into it. Whereas here it's just like, okay, you have, you're weak for some reason and also you have to go and, like, find some awakening power. And you're like, what? Why? I don't understand. So I yeah. don't like that the beginning of the of the game is just, like, drops you right into that plot and you just, like, they expect you to know exactly what happened. But it picks up once you start going into the Disney worlds that you haven't played before, and I'm really enjoying that so far. Yeah, agreed. Also, I love that you can now equip three Keyblades and switch between them, and that you can also power up your Keyblades. I am so into that. And I like that there are different um, special moves for each Keyblade. Like, whenever you do the the triangle and you, like... uh, I've been using the Woody, the Toy Story one a lot. Oh my god, that that. Keyblade is great. It's so fun. And uh, you have, like, different abilities with each thing, everything you equip. And I like that, how how customizable it is. Um, Another... Well, I want to get into one other criticism I have of it. The gummy ship. I hate it. I hate that they brought it over from, like, the last (laughs) few games. I hate it so much. It's just, like... It seems worse. It seems like it's gotten worse. And it's like a, a mini game that's reminiscent of the first game when you're like, okay, so they have to like have some mini games in here to just kind of keep you playing for a little bit longer. I guess. And I guess. And it's just like, it's so useless that I'm like, I'm not going to customize anything. I never do. I just cruise through and like avoid all the heartless. I'm just going to. Same. Same. And then once you get to a world and then you can start warping. Yeah. Ugh, and I can like never fly that thing again. I, so good. Exactly. I love that. I just, I hate um, it. So. Willoughby. Yes. <laughs> We've been kind of going off. Um, but before we get to the end of the episode, I also I want to ask, you know, so you, you like the game and you like the story um, and you are very interested in it. So, like, what is your impression of the gameplay? It seems intuitive. It seems fun. Um, from, you know, from, I mean, I'm not actually playing the game, but, like, it seems like my girlfriend has a good handle on the game. And, like, yeah. it seems pretty, like, you know traditionally kingdom hearts um and so like that's you know it doesn't seem it seems you know it's pretty easy to slaughter these heartless um and it's i like the disney park stuff it's always fun when the when the crew when the 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 pirate ship showed up yeah yeah i was like what is happening and like i like pegasus and like i like the little shooter like like space gun game that you get to play you're right after blasters 
Um, yeah, there's like a lot of fun things that I like about the gameplay, and I think it's very, very fun, brightly lit, which is always a very co- good thing. Um, it's a lot different than God of War, which I just finished playing, which is like this like, you know, single player. You have an axe that comes back to you, and like that's it. Whereas Kingdom Hearts is, I mean, you can customize your art armor and stuff, but like the game, and like you can do new power ups and new new fighting things. But with Kingdom Hearts, it's sort of like you know, you just sort of like button smash until you're done with all the enemies and then you can search around, which I find very fun. I like that it's, I'm not, I, I, I like the, I'm not a, I mean, I like the games that are open world, but I prefer like a story driven game. So like, I, that's why I, I like Kingdom Hearts 3 um, or like just Kingdom Hearts because I mean, it, for it being a complicated story, it is very story based, um, even though like, for most of the time the worlds you're on or like, you know, you just start dicking around until you get to the big boss at the end of the level. Um, and so like, that's always like fun and neat. Um, and it's just very cool. Um, I'm excited to see more of kingdom hearts three as my girlfriend continues the journey of Sora and his good friends. Um, as well as, um, going back and playing the games myself. Yeah. That'll be good. I will also say going straight from Spider-Man to Kingdom Hearts 3 has been very difficult because the buttons are different. Yes. yes because in Spider-Man, attack is square. And in Kingdom Hearts, attack is X. And so I keep hitting square. And I'm like, Sora, why aren't you attacking? Why are you just dodge rolling? <laughs> Sora, what is wrong with you? And then I realize that I am not playing Spider-Man. And in fact, X, You're yeah. not playing good boy Peter Parker. You're playing good boy Sora. Yeah. I am. He is a, he is a good boy. He is the best boy. Okay. All right. Um... I think that's a good way to wrap up our discussion about the Kingdom Hearts franchise and Kingdom Hearts 3. And all the good boys. And all the good boys. It's really just a franchise about good boys. (laughs) And and good girls. It's a game of very good boys. Honestly, it could do better with the good girls because it doesn't doesn't do right by Kyrie. But... No. Nope. I've loved the few scenes we've had of her. Like, I love her as a character, Mm -hmm. but I'm like, there just needs to be more. There needs to be more. She needs to stop getting kidnapped. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a good way to wrap it up, and um, let's head to the last segment of our episode. I really, 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 really like you, but I need to tell you something. All right, um, Anya, why don't you start us off? What do you really like this week? All right, um, so you guys know I'm a big musical theater fan, and despite what? living on the other side, I know, I know, shocking. Um, And despite living on the other side of the country, I try and keep up with Broadway news as best I can. Um, And so this week, I have been watching videos and reading reviews um, and really enjoying the fact that Sarah Bareilles and Gavin Creel are in the cast of the Broadway show Waitress, which is actually the show that Sarah Bareilles created the music for, Mm. based on the movie with Carrie Russell and Nathan Fillion. Um, And today is their last day in the show. Um, And I just really love this musical. It's it's so delightful. Sarah Bareilles' music is so good and so catchy. I feel like even non-musical theater fans would like Waitress and the music because it feels very Sarah Bareilles-y. Mm. Um, have you guys seen the movie Waitress? I did. I remember this was a movie that started my crush on Nathan Fillion. <laughs> and well, the this musical, is a charming film. The musical is just as good. I highly recommend at least like listening to the music because it's so charming mm. um, and so fun. And so, like I said, Sarah Bareilles created the music, and she has starred in the in the Broadway show a couple times. And just recently, she did a limited engagement again in the show with her friend Gavin Creel, who is a 
a well-established Broadway guy. I've seen him in a couple shows on Broadway, actually. Hair and, um, oh, that one recently with Zachary Levi that is based on the shop around the corner and also You've Got Mail. Is it now around the corner? She Loves Me. Oh, She Loves Me. No, okay. it's called, the musical's called She Loves Me, and I've seen that with Gavin Creel. Um, and, you know, they're friends in real life, and it's cute, and I just, I love this show. I love that Sarah Burrell is on Broadway. I want her to create more musicals because she's so gifted. Um, and uh, I just love musical theater. Gavin Creel was also just in the Broadway revival of Hello, Dolly, and I am seeing that on Tuesday here in L.A. I'm seeing the national tour of Hello, Dolly. And so I'm just excited about musicals and about Waitress and continuing to see more musicals. And this is a very broad, really like, but just really like musicals, guys. Awesome. And of course, musicals are great. I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to see, um, this might be my really like in a few weeks, but I'm going to tease it. Uh, I'm going to see Wicked for the first time for my birthday Yay! at the end of this month. So I can't wait to see That's that. That's so exciting. I just saw it when I was here in LA and Ooh. it's it's such a good show. Yay. All right. Willoughby, what is your really like this week? Uh, a quick one. I rewatched Casino Royale, the James Bond uh, reboot. Um, from 2006 on, cause it's, I think it's now streaming on Netflix. Um, it's extremely 2006, um, and it holds up yes. and the parkour, pretty good, pretty good parkour. And I love, yeah, just Ava Green's great in it. Um, Daniel Craig is so spot on right away as James Bond. Like, it's like, of course, why wouldn't he be James Bond? Um, it's kind of hard to, it's wild to believe that, um, he's been, uh, He's been James Bond for as long as we've been waiting for Kingdom Hearts 3. Huh. Um, oh my god. So, yeah, it came out in 2006. So both of them did. Ooh. So yeah, uh, it's kind of wild. It's kind of insane that Casino Royale was the hard reboot after Die Another Day. If you've seen that movie, you know that it's insane. Um, and that the fact that this is the follow-up, which is, it strips away everything about the James Bond series to its like, like core um it's pretty good and skyfall i would say is the better film um but casino royale is um it holds up as an action film and it holds up as my, my first introduction to mads mickelson um mm. good old mads. mads i feel like casino royale is one of the best like human explorations of james bond like the yes. daniel craig and ava green they're very good so together good. oh that they get me is very every good. time in that movie and I watched I, I haven't watched the movie in maybe 10 years so like seeing it and when I saw it for the first time I was what 13 or whatever so like this is a much like I'm catching a lot of things I missed just because I was not a fully fledged adult I'm still not but like you know I'm 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 like oh this is good banter that I wasn't really paying attention to mm. um and like the movie is really long like the the whole casino part happens and like starts an hour and 45 minutes into the movie like there's a lot like it's basically two different movies that's kind of insane but it uh it still works it's on netflix so good awesome uh so my really like this week is that i got to see police story one and two at the alamo draft house this this um yesterday and so police story is the hong kong action franchise directed by and starring jackie chan and this is like one of his earlier films the first one came out in 1985 and it's kind of his baby it's a series that has been 
going on for a long time. I think the most recent police story came out in like 2013 or something, and he's still doing them. This is like the the series that he's best known for over in China, and it's it's such a good just like action, um, like action films and set pieces. Like the first one especially, um, kind of comes off as a little scrappy and. Um, kind of unpolished but I liked it way better than the, than the second even though that one's great because Jackie Chan has like this Buster Keaton-esque um verve to him in these series in which like he almost dies several times and there are stunts that like play out in full like you can see him just like jump off this this is one of like the most famous scenes of the of the franchise and like that that, that Jackie Chan has ever done in which he jumps down like this giant pole and like that has that's surrounded by all these wires and like electric cords and he's just like crashes down into a, a glass ceiling and you can see him right before he like jumps off that he's like <laughs> contemplating his death and he's like i'm gonna do this and i might die and they've only done that they only did that stunt once but they showed it three times in that in the film because they're like jackie chan almost died for this so we're gonna sh- play this three times like over again just to show like how insane this stunt is tom and- cruise who <laughs> exactly <laughs> and like um, after I had watched um, the Every Frame and Painting video um, on Jackie Chan and like how he is the perfect action star uh, and like how to frame action and everything and like it pulled a lot from the police story uh, films because that was when he was really young and really fit and was really able to pull off these stunts and how he always frames an action scene like from a wide shot for example and he like sh- he like cuts in the way that you can see like the full stunt so that it's not just like very choppy and, and, and edited and like he really is just like a modern Buster Keaton for this times because he gives his all to every stunt and the way that it's just the that it's set up and the way that they play off is just incredibly thrilling and um have it's been I just like love being in the theater and having hearing everyone whoop and clap every time he pulls something off and he does something insane and it's like it's really funny too because it one even one's just simple move where he like vaults over a fence everyone was cheering over because he does it so smoothly and it looks so cool and like poli- yeah it, police story is great i really recommend seeing the first one just because it's just ac- jackie chan at his peak and doing something that only like is, that is uniquely jackie chan too in that it, like it's this great balance of comedy and action and also just kind of um a great showcase for him um and it's it was weird to me seeing him so young and fit because like he is kind of like that comedic star and like it, it shows off his comedy chops too but there's like moments where you're like wow Jackie Chan is really fine in this and you see like his naked butt for a second in like the first one too and you're like wow this I feel like very mixed emotions right now because like he's a good looking he's a very good looking guy in this and but he's, right. like, yeah but he's also like willing to make fun of himself and stuff and just like the police story films are so good. And uh, this was in anticipation of the film's 4K release on Blu-ray. Um, they got remastered and everything. So seeing it on the big screen in, like, this new resolution was just was just so great and so exciting and thrilling. So I um, I really like Police Story 1 and 2, my first time watching them. And uh, okay. I'm, I love – I just love Jackie Chan and everything that he does for us, for our entertainment. That's awesome. Yeah. That sounds so fun. Um, well, that is our episode for the week. If you guys have any thoughts on Kingdom Hearts, Police Story, uh, Casino Royale, or any musicals you've seen recently, come chat with us. And where can they do that, Willoughby? 
You can find us on Facebook if you search for us there. We're also on Twitter at Falcon Podcast. Our blog is millennialfalconpodcast.wordpress.com. And you can listen to us on SoundCloud and you can rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Play. And where can they find you guys on the internet? You can find me at htrenbui on Twitter. You can find me at Anya Crittenton on Twitter. And you can find me at Willoughby Dobbs on Twitter. All right. Thanks for joining us, guys. Bye. 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 Ho-ho.